Welcome to Putting the Real in Real Estate with Dave Nimick, the podcast where we work with real estate enthusiasts to share the unfiltered truth and the reality of real estate. Now our host, Dave. Thanks for tuning in to Putting the Real in Real Estate. This is Dave Nimick. This week, we'll be talking about real estate apps and the companies behind them. And I will be using this overall lens to to judge each of them. The aesthetic, reliability, search parameters, their property valuation tools, and the overall accuracy of information. And the four that I'm talking about, the big players, are Zillow, Redfin, Realtor.com, and Trulia. So all four of those offer these features throughout uh, each of them. Creating a search criterion, showing an open house for a particular home, right? You can favorite a home, you can get some commute information, you can find out school rankings from some nationally recognized sources, you can get prior sales information from public record or prior MLS activity on the home. As well as you can, technically it's required that they have the listing agent or the agent representing the seller. It has to be somewhere on there, but it's going to be buried somewhere. It's not going to be front and center, so don't expect that. They do also offer the quote-unquote find an agent feature, or if you need mortgage help, they're more than happy to help you there. And one feature that on all four of these, it remains on the screen, no matter how far you scroll. It is the kind of schedule a tour feature. And spoiler alert, it's not going to be with that listing agent whose information is required to be on there. It's going to be with an agent who's paid by that app or paying money to that app to be the featured agent, right? Another thing, kind of a feature that all of these apps have is just that there's never ending scrolling. You're always going to have more stuff to look at. And I always joke that homes on these sites are like potato chips. You, you can't just have one. So if you're just kind of bored and continue scrolling, you could get buried in that for, for hours, right? So it is fun. So let's dig into the, the different apps. So let's go through each of these apps one by one. First off, let's go with the biggest dog on the porch, which is Zillow. They are the most visited site by quite some margin, and they sell the feel-good vibe of real estate. One thing they don't do is actually help people buy and sell homes. They're not a brokerage. They are a marketing company. And if you're wondering who they're marketing, it's you. Okay. The company makes money. They charge people for advertising or companies for advertising on their sites. And they also make the majority of their money by their premier agent where agents pay to be the go-to agent on the site. So when people are visiting the site and it says, hey, contact an agent. That agent, who may or may not be all that well qualified, has actually paid often thousands of dollars per month to be featured as that agent. So just pay that some attention when you're on the site or the app. Okay. Now, I will give credit to Zillow for being the first company to offer the online estimate of value. They started doing this 15 years ago. And just as it was known back then, it's still known as the Zestimate. Now, while it's gotten a little bit more accurate, it is still pretty woefully inaccurate. And it's kind of a fodder for jokes for many realtors on how bad the actual values can be. However, it does serve as a barometer of sorts where if you're looking at the, the Zestimate, people often realize it's not exactly 100% accurate, but 
they look at it and see if that number is going up or down month to month to gauge kind of how the market's going as a whole. So I'll give them credit for that. Now, in past years, Zillow had strayed from their original business model, uh, which is how you know them with the app and the site and such. And they got into what's called iBuying. And it was called Zillow Offers. iBuying on the whole is where all sorts of different companies were buying homes pretty much sight unseen and then flipping them, either buying them to rent them out or generally buying them, fixing them up a little bit and then selling them when the market was hot, right? Now, this crashed and burned in pretty spectacular fashion for, for Zillow. They certainly don't trumpet this news. But in 2021, which was a monster year, right? It was the biggest year in the history of real estate, right? Zillow offers lost $880 million in the strongest market in real estate history, right? So that's almost, for you and me, a billion dollars. And why did they fail? Why did, why did they do this and why did they fail? Well, they did this in order to make more money, but they failed because they were trusting their own Zestimate on what a home was worth. And that Zestimate was generally telling them the home was worth more than what, or the home was worth less than what they were paying, but they were trusting their own Zestimate and they got caught with their pants down <laughs> to the tune of almost $900 million. So within the past year, they scrapped that whole thing, which was a smart business move on their part. Nonetheless, it, <laughs> it was something that they're rather embarrassed about and they don't want you to know. Now, generally, one thing I will give credit for with Zillow is their aesthetic. It's a very slick, nice looking app. No doubt about it, right? Downside is it does tend to be one of the least, if not the most inaccurate sites out there where the information tends to be delayed. Now, because they're such a big site, they have more eyeballs looking at their app and such. And what they don't necessarily want to do is give people reasons to look at other apps. So, in my opinion, they tend to not rush to change the status of properties as much as some other apps do, at least, because they're getting paid to for people to continue to scroll and see more properties and see more properties, which give more maybe opportunity for one of their premier agents to get contacted, et cetera. So they're just more delayed in my opinion. So that's kind of the skinny on Zillow. Now I do want to go through some of the things that it does offer that not all the other ones offer and vice versa. So Zillow does have a side-by-side -side comparison tool, which I do like as far as apps where you can compare several homes to make a decision. It does not, however, offer the ability to draw a map you can remove homes, which is good because if you're used to looking at these sites, it's good to be able to permanently remove a home because you don't want to keep going on the site and seeing the same home that you know you don't like. Now, some other apps allow like commenting. You can put a little comment in uh, to save with the home. Zillow does not allow that. And it doesn't necessarily allow the ability to remove in your settings contingent homes or homes that are no longer actively on the market. It does offer a walk score and flood risk score, does not have an environmental risk score, but you can add an additional person. If you're searching with someone, you can have them added to your search overall. And as we've talked about, it does give an estimated value in theirs estimate. And it does, one feature it does have, it's the only one that has, is the ability to tag. If you're someone that likes tagging things as far as uh, searching in general, then you can create a tag 
that you can search by and it's the only app that seems to do that and then of course if you're thinking of selling as well it's right front and center there and willing to help you do that as well so that's the book on zillow next up is redfin and while it's not nearly as widely used as zillow nor are any of them does have millions of users and they do tend to be pretty fiercely loyal to it another difference between zillow and redfin is redfin is an actual real estate brokerage so it's not just a marketing company they do actually have agents who are helping people buy and sell and in my opinion they were more of a small regional brokerage out of the pacific northwest years ago and knew that creating a really slick app would help them make it on the national stage and it has honestly now Stepping aside, as far as not necessarily talking about the app, they do, as far as running a brokerage, they do run something that's different than most brokerages, and that's with an employee model. Most brokerages and agents work 100% on commission. Agents get paid, including myself, at closing. After you've done all the work and the deal closes, that's when you get paid. Redfin, according to their own information and the information out there, works on more of an employee model which is interesting where they get paid salary or hourly or whatever. But you do have, I think it may be some difference in continuity because you have a lot of different employees that may be kind of working with you during a transaction. If you choose to work with, uh, with this company, I'm not saying it's better or worse, but it is just a, a little bit different. Now their app you're going to see will also try to entice you into selling with a lower commission or getting a portion of the commission back from the buyer's agent and such. And that's, I mean, it's up to you. <laughs> you can look at the app as well as I can. I would just caution you to remember that you get what you pay for. Nonetheless, back to regularly scheduled programming here with the app, I would say that it is a very buyer focused app and it is a very slick, nice to look at app. Downside is for sellers and others, it's really not as helpful, I would say. But another benefit I would say is when you're looking at the app, because it is part of the MLS, it is an actual brokerage, it's going to tend to have information that is more updated than some of the others. Now, going through some of the other features does not have the side-by-side -side comparison, unfortunately, or the ability to draw a map. It does have several nice features. You can remove homes, so then they're not continuing to reappear every time you log back into the app. It also has, it's the only one that has kind of the commenting feature. So when you favorite a home, you can also add in comments. This is also helpful when you have a spouse where you can share those comments, that type of thing. So it's, it's pretty cool. You can remove homes in your settings, you know, homes that have gone under contract or whatever. You can just ask that those don't even appear. It does have a walk score. It has the flood risk does have also some environmental risks. This is something that only Redfin has, which is by a company called Climate Check, but it does like storm risk, drought risk, heat and fire risk, all of that. So that's, that's pretty cool if it's important for you. And you can add friend or spouse. You can get that estimated value as many of the apps do. You cannot tag home. Zillow is the only one that does that. And of course, if you're thinking of selling, it's going to try to trap you with uh, information and help you that way. But that is the story on Redfin. So Realtor.com is the branded app for the National Association of Realtors. And it does tend to deliver most of the information that you find on the other apps as well. A couple of 
pluses is it's not quite as pervasive as some of the other apps that we've talked about. And it does tend to be a little more accurate, I would say. Downside is it's, in my opinion, just kind of vanilla, right? But they do make money the same way as all these others by advertising and having agents pay to be kind of a featured agent on their site. Now, some of the features, good and bad, it does not offer the side-by-side comparison. You do have the ability to draw the map, which is something that I think is cool to be able to do if you know a specific kind of little nook that you like. You can remove homes from being sent if you know you don't like them. You cannot comment on anything, but you can remove homes that have gone under contract. You can do that in the overall settings. And you can do a walk score, plus they have like additional, more in-depth walk score, like traffic, airports, local traffic within just your maybe neighborhood or town. So that's kind of cool. And it does go into pretty good detail with flood risk as well, if that's important. It doesn't go into the information about flood risks, but you can add a spouse, which uh, several of these these apps do offer that feature. But the other ones, doing an estimate of home value, it does not do. That's pretty much relegated to Zillow and Redfin. And you can't tag or it doesn't offer the thinking of selling, contact an agent. So that is the story on Realtor.com. Trulia, or as I like to refer to it, Zillow Jr. Why is that, you ask, Dave? That is because Zillow, who saw that Trulia had millions of eyeballs on it every month, back in 2015, decided to buy it. So you're thinking it's a departure from Zillow. Eh, That is incorrect. So it does offer some different features. Nonetheless, it is part of the Zillow family, which Zillow did just for market share. And it was probably a smart idea. It is the second most visited app, believe it or not, recent studies have shown. And one of the upsides that I like about it is it does poll users. This is the only app that really does it. So there are some questions that agents can't answer. For instance, safety. Whenever agents are asked about, hey, is this a safe neighborhood? Agents, like, we're violating our code if we answer that question. It's not for us to answer. However, Truly has gone through the step of actually asking homeowners and residents of a neighborhood if they feel safe, right? They're just asking individuals, and then they post that information sometimes on their sites. And that's just, you're getting the real skinny from people who live in that neighborhood. So I think that that's kind of a a neat feature. Now, the downside is it's not quite as visually appealing as as some of the others, and it doesn't necessarily offer as many features, such as the only features of all the ones that that I mentioned, the other ones, it does have the side-by-side comparison, which is cool, and it does have the ability to draw a map. Other than that, it doesn't have any of the other features. You can't remove homes, you can't comment, take out contingent homes in your settings, doesn't have the WASCOR, flood risk, any of those other things. So not quite as content rich as the other apps out there. Now, I did want to mention that there's all sorts of other brokerage apps out there. So every major brokerage that you hear the name of also has their own app, right? And these have come a long way from their clunky beginnings, no doubt, because they know that everyone's looking online, right? And the main reason that these apps exist is to try to keep them in their own content universe, right? They want you to land on their app, start scrolling, same with all these other apps, and just kind of stay on their app, right? 
So an upside of these apps is people are always interested in real estate and technology makes it easy to find. And by personal choice, if you like one of these specific brokerage apps over the mainstream ones, then you should use it, right? Now, the downside is, as with several of the others, you may think you're contacting the listing agent, but when you're asking to talk to an agent or potentially show a property with someone, you need to know, even with these brokerage apps, that you're not necessarily contacting the listing agent, the one who actually represents the seller. You may be getting a different agent. It is legally allowed where two agents from the same brokerage can be on both sides of the transaction. But when you're saying, hey, I want to tour this home, you have to understand you're not talking to the agent necessarily that represents the seller to find that out. You're being contacted by a totally different agent who is probably paying their own brokerage to be that featured agent, right? Also, the private listings, which in recent years have been very popular because inventory levels have been so low and demand has been so high that there is a time and place for private listings. Now is not that time and place, right? It is pretty much becoming passe because the market has normalized and is likely going to stay in more of a normal kind of market for quite some time. So a brokerage that's talking about private listings, like any brokerage that is continuing to talk about private listings is not necessarily worth their salt because they should be getting this out on the general market in order to be able to sell because things have balanced out demand has gone down and supply while still lower than than traditional levels is still kind of normalizing so that is something to to bear in mind no doubt so without further ado the award ceremony drum roll please all right so the award for the nicest aesthetic goes to either Zillow or Redfin. You can choose between the two, but I find both of them to be very aesthetically pleasing, slick, nice looking apps. For updating the fastest, I will give this to Redfin. They are, as we talked about, an actual brokerage, and they do tend to therefore update the information and the status of properties the fastest. For a property valuation tool, I will hand this to Trulia, but it's a sliding scale. None of these are very good at it, honestly. Uh, overall best search parameters, because all of these apps offer it, I'm going to kind of say it's it's for you to choose. There is no one that just steps out of the box and is vastly better than the others. For overall most accurate information, I'm going to give this to realtor.com, okay? it They do just tend on the whole from the examples that I personally have looked at Realtor.com does tend to be the most accurate overall. And the least accurate, eh, eh, that is Zillow. And in my estimation, it's always going to be Zillow. Zillow just never wins the award for being the most accurate. They have the most information. They have the most eye candy. They're just not great at accuracy. Okay. Now, something to think about as we finish up here is a well-known quote. Originally, this was made back way back in 1973, but it's just as valid today as it was then when speaking about real estate apps. If you're not paying for the product, then you are the product. And what I'm talking about is all these companies and all these apps want you to land on their site and never, ever leave. It's like social media, right? 
They want to entice you, draw you into their universe, build your trust, keep giving you the catnip that you know you love, hoping that you're going to fall prey finally to one of their offerings. Generally, it's for services from an agent who is paying to be featured on their site, right? I suggest you use them as much as you like. Just don't trust them 100%, especially when it comes to which agent to work with or who to do a showing with, right? Rather than earning the business through their own personal reputation or great service, these agents are buying that reputation from one of these apps, right? Now, personally, my business is built almost entirely by referral from past clients and other people that know me. And that is how most successful agents build their business, which is what ensures the outstanding level of service. Do not put your trust, this blind trust, into an app. You want to ask those around you who they trust and talk to them about who you should go and look at a home with or work with when you're selling, right? So thank you for listening and stay tuned for another episode of Putting the Real in Real Estate. Thank you for listening to Putting the Real in Real Estate with Dave Nimick. Make sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss an episode. You can find our guest contact information and real estate resources in the show notes. Stay tuned for the next episode of Putting the Real in Real Estate.